Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mott's Barbershop Podcast. This is Mark here, joined, as always, with my friend and fellow Trekkie, Dan. Dan, how are you today? I was really trying to think of a clever way to introduce myself. Uh, maybe a Dave Hester yep or something like that, but I didn't have anything good today, so good day. Well, We'll, we'll beam you out of here and give you another try out if you want. But, well, how about this? How about, you know, you got like a half hour here. Think of a good, strong closing. All so right. That can be, That's what that I'll can do. Be a redemption arc. So within our podcast, we're going to start having arcs of Dan from the beginning to the end. <laughs> but uh, we're excited this week because we got some good stuff to talk about. Another episode of Picard came out. I think the one that just came out now is Dominion. Uh, I think that was the one, number seven. So we're going to talk about that briefly. We got our cuts of the week. I'm going to talk a little bit about the original series and um, something that Star Trek seems to do really well, which is making very good episodes and very bad episodes somehow at the same time. Dan's going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some things on Enterprise that he's watching that he's been looking at. And our topic this week is actually going to be very Enterprise focused in the character of Trip Tucker. And we'll get into him a little bit more. But Dan, just to start off here, did you watch the most recent episode of Star Trek Picard? I did watch the most recent episode of Star Trek Picard. And right, well, uh, 60 seconds or less, what are your overall thoughts on it? I don't like this show whatsoever. I, I find the best criticism I've heard so far that I really feel is that every season of Picard should be like a movie or at the most like maybe like a three to four episode um, mini series. But I find with Star Trek Picard, everything just gets dragged out. Like this newest episode was just a, like a fit, like a filler episode. Just basically, it feels like the entire episode was just so that they could reveal who Vatic was. Like it was a 45 minute episode to have, to have one 10 minute scene. And that was like the entire purpose of the episode. I'm just, I don't know. It's cool to see the Star Trek Next Generation crew back again because that's the Star Trek I grew up with. But overall, like, I don't like Star Trek Picard. I think it's terrible. Yeah, I uh, I have been hearing from a lot of people that this season is very good. And I think there was one episode so far that I've enjoyed, which is actually saying a lot because I don't really enjoy... I don't enjoy Picard and I don't enjoy Discovery. Now, there are some things that I do enjoy about them, but as a whole, I'll probably never watch them again. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Uh, this episode, I got to the point where I was actually skipping forward. Like I was skipping dialogue. I was skipping forward just to see if anything would happen. And um, learning kind of the backstory about it was kind of cool. But at the same time, I don't know who this character is. I don't really know what they're doing and at this point in the show i have no vested interest in her so like it's kind of like interesting to see the backstory and kind of maybe a little bit of the background of the dominion war i did appreciate that but you could have replaced her with anyone telling that story in any random changeling and i don't think the impact would have been any different and like you said they could have done that in five minutes and had that included in an episode and had the episode much more meaningful as opposed to like you eloquently put it a filler episode 
So well, the thing, one of yeah. the things that I noticed that Vadic said, and I'm not sure if it's like a continuity error, if it's going to be explained at it, like if it was purposeful or like maybe it's like I don't know what what it was, but she was saying about like um because they're talking about oh like the Federation tried to commit genocide on the changelings, which they did by giving them a disease, but then she was like, well. They also, and then Picard was like, well, we, we gave you the cure. And she was like, you didn't give it to us. Like one of our people stole it, which isn't what happened. Uh, like Bashir and O'Brien stole the cure so that they could give it to Odo. And maybe that's just how the changelings interpret it. That then Odo went and then cured the changelings. Or like, I assume that also might've been part of like the peace treaty or something. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if that was purposeful and it's going to be something that's going to be explained or that's just like a weird continuity error and it's just kind of the nature of having writers work on the show that probably also don't know anything about Star Trek. I, I don't know. It might just be a weird nitpicky thing that I noticed, but I noticed that and I'm like, that's not what happened. So I don't know. I don't have an explanation for that one yet. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff there. And kind of going through and watching Star Trek, even though we both are pretty familiar with it, you kind of watch that, then you watch the current Trek, and you just see so many discrepancies and little things. And I always try to take it as, like, with a grain of salt and try to enjoy it. But even, you know, I've said this, but I can't. Like, it's just Picard and Discovery especially. Strange New Worlds didn't seem to bastardize as much stuff. But there's still lots of time, I guess. So we well, can we can put a pin, we can put a pin in that there. I guess a closing thought, and then we'll move on. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. I was thinking about what like Star Trek is, right? Like it's about like taking this utopian ideal of like humanity, and then they go out, and it's kind of like Star Trek is kind of like an anthology series, but the characters stay the same. Where they go out and they meet these alien species, and these alien species are supposed to be a reflection of what humanity is now. And then because the Star Trek characters are what humanity should be, there's kind of like a moral quandary there that gets created. And yes, there's room to play with that formula. Like DS9, I think, is the best example of that. And they played with that formula really well. And I think there's still room to do all sorts of things. Like you don't have to have a Star Trek series in that format. Um, and you can do something different like Picard or like uh, Discovery. You can do something different. And I think the movies did something different, like the reboot, especially the first one, did something different with that. And it was I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. But I just feel like the problem with Discovery and Picard is just bad writing and bad like it's just they're just bad series like that's yeah. the thing like there's room to do stuff with within the star trek universe that doesn't hold to that kind of original format of what star trek is i just think the problem is is picard and discovery are just bad shows yeah i'll uh, i'll leave it there but uh well said and i think that might be something that we can uh maybe when picard's over we can do kind of a recap and things but uh well said, Dan, and uh, I think we can explore that topic a little bit more. But touching on a little bit what you were mentioning there, my cut of the week is going to be basically how Star Trek is able to create, in my own opinion, some of the best television writing that I've ever seen or witnessed, promptly followed by some of the worst television writing I've ever seen. 
Um, Star Trek seems to be uniquely placed in this where exactly as I said, like you'll watch something very groundbreaking and very, or maybe it's an ethical thing, or maybe it's kind of a um, romantic thing. And then you'll see it and it's just wonderful. It's, you know, it hits all the chords, hits all the right strings, and it's just an experience. It's you know, gets you thinking about life and the universe. And then the next episode comes up and it's just something that's just sci-fi nonsense. The characters are really bad. It's like a really stereotypical or, you know, does something with a group of people, which is just kind of unfortunate. And it's just really an interesting dynamic because I feel like if any other TV series just produced really bad episodes, it would have been, you know, I guess the first Star Trek was canceled, but it wouldn't be a cultural phenomenon like Star Trek is. So what got me thinking about this was going back and watching some of the original series. And the original series is the first Star Trek that I ever sat down and watched front, front to back, and including the movies. And I was watching season two, and my favorite, I think my favorite episode from the original series is the Doomsday Machine, which is the one where there's this planet-eating machine, and um, there's this Captain Matt Decker, I think his name is, who accidentally beams his crew down to the planet which is destroyed and it's this big ethical dilemma and they have to solve it and it's just a nice little tight sci-fi you know super campy but well-written episode and another one too which opens up a whole part of star trek is the mirror mirror episode spock's beard is a famous meme it's just really kind of campy and weird as well but it just it's really it, even watching it now even with all the 60s and all the weirdness it was still a really good episode and i forgot how good those episodes were and it got me thinking about about this and it's just i think it's common kind of a phenomenon that they're just able to produce such high quality content in you know whether it be the original series whether it be tng or forward not so much now because it, the star trek formula doesn't seem to be followed except maybe in um in a strange new worlds a little bit but definitely all of the 90s series enterprise and the original series definitely fell victim to this excellent television or very bad television and i just thought it was an interesting call out because Dan and I talk about it quite frequently, and it is quite relevant from the beginning. Um, Dan, do you have any thoughts in general on that, or just kind of when you started noticing that, or how do you feel about I, that? I feel like the the original series is really notorious for it, because they have, I feel like part of it might just be because of like the 60s camp factor in there. So they have, they'll have like some of the and because of just what is happening in the 60s as well, is that they were able to kind of, um, there was a lot of social upheaval during the 60s. So yeah. they, they were, there was a lot of like social topics because what I was just saying about kind of that format of Star Trek, where it's an anthology series where the aliens are a reflection of us as human beings. And so they were able to kind of really touch on all of these different cultural issues, all of the social upheaval. They were able to do um, all sorts of things. But I think the thing that they did is they took a lot of risks with the original series. And that's why they were able to have, be, for it to be such a groundbreaking show. But at the same time, I think it's just like part of it is just the nature of it being made in the 60s with that extra 60s camp with the risks that they were taking that sometimes, boy, did they swing and miss like episodes like Cat's Paw to me is just like so oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's bad in a funny way and not just like bad in a bad way where I find like that's the that's the thing with like the the 60s Star Trek is I find the episodes are bad in like a funny way, 
Yeah. Because of how campy it comes out, where I find like with TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, the episodes are just bad in a bad way. <laughs> that like that's the thing. They're just they're not they they lose that kind of camp factor because they're trying to do something. There's a much more serious tone with them, and it just when they fall flat, they fall really flat, and it's just bad. It's bad. Not locked in at Troy episodes, though, right? Oh no, no. Then again, it's like <laughs> Voyager had like a like an entire, in my opinion, like an entire two seasons. I was like filled with terrible episodes. So yeah, Star Trek just. I think it's because it's the nature of the show. Like they're trying to do this really poignant social commentary. So when they nail it, they nail it. And it's some of the best like TV in that style of social commentary that you could find, but it's also a sci-fi series. So when they miss, they miss hard. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's, that's well said as well. I don't have too much to add to that, but it's just, I guess for anyone who's ever watching Star Trek, it's like, I don't know, it's not for everyone, but I think like Star Trek should almost just have a greatest hits compilation of each like series. And I feel like anyone who's into fantasy sci-fi or just good television could enjoy it um, with skipping a lot of the bad episodes, because especially in the episodic TV shows. Like, yeah, you don't really need to know. You don't need to watch every episode to need to know what's going on. But uh, yeah. that's kind of a cool little phenomenon that Star Trek has. Probably not the only TV show, but very, very prevalent. Uh, Dan, what is your cut of the week? Well, I was going to talk because we were talking about this before and we should have probably just recorded what I should have just recorded what I was <laughs> saying on my phone and edited it in. But I think I'll just talk about like the aesthetics of Enterprise in general and the things that I really like. I'm rewatching Enterprise and there's things that I really like visually about the way Enterprise looks. And there's some things that I don't like. Like I think the unif like the uniforms and the way the actual ship on the inside looks, I really like. Like I think that looks like what would make sense for humanity's first kind of journey out and kind of a good first step in the Star Trek universe with like kind of the jumpsuits, like everything's a little more practical in enterprise. Cause you know, they don't have all the cool fancy technology you see like in TNG. So things are a lot more practical. They got people welding stuff instead of just waving like little light, things on over stuff like the ship because they this is like their first real deep space ship so it's designed more right this is their first kind of crack at a deep spaceship so they designed it to be more like you know an earth like navy ship than it is like what we would see further into a starship so i find like the eternal aesthetics of the enterprise to be really cool like i really love the way the ship is designed on the inside. I like the uniforms. Um, Maybe one too many, like, just hanging out LCD screens. That is neither here nor there, but I really enjoy the way, like, the inside of the ship looks. Like, it feels like a real ship is what I really like. The things I don't like aesthetically about Enterprise, I I don't particularly care for how Enterprise looks on the outside it's fine i just i don't know it just there's something 
There's something about it. I feel like they could have done something better. It just doesn't feel feel something. And I think this leads into my because before we started the podcast, in that time before I started this Zoom, I was thinking about what I was trying to get at because I was trying to explain to Mark why I don't like the way the phasers and the tricorders look. And Mark couldn't really get what I was saying and fair enough. But I think I figured out what it is. And I think it's why I don't like the external aesthetics of Enterprise and why I don't like the way the phasers and the tricorders and look is I feel like they try, they were trying to do this thing where it's like, okay, we can't make everything look like it did in the 60s. We got to bring everything into, we're making stuff in the 2000s here. So we can't make stuff look like the 60s, but we also have to make it look like the original series at the same time. So I think it's that weird melding of trying trying to make it look like the original series while also trying to update stuff. And I feel like some aspects where it comes to like the uniforms and the way the ship looks on the inside, they did really well. And other aspects, like the way the phasers look, and like I said, the way the exterior of the ship looks, I feel like it was a bit of a swing and a miss, in my opinion. And there's just something like whenever I see the phasers and the tricorders on screen, I just don't like the way they look. I think they look dumb. They look, there's something about the way they look. There's something about all that gray and just something about it that just makes it look extra fake or something like that. Maybe it's just a product of like the 2000s or something. I think it's just that it's that weird we got to make it look futuristic, but we also have to make it look like the props in the 60s. And I think they just failed at doing that with some of the things. And when I look at, for some reason, when I look at like the phase pistols, it just really stands out at them looking really bad, in my opinion. And I'm just like, these look terrible. And I don't like the way the phase pistols look. They look extra, extra fake or something to me and I can't really put my finger on it but if I was giving an explanation it's that it's that trying to kind of do that thing where they're trying making things look like the 60s but also look like the 2000s and it just didn't work on a few of the props so that's my cut of the week <laughs> I think like my my only closing on this because Dan and I were talking about this Enter Enterprise is my favorite Star Trek and I think it's also the best looking Star Trek in a lot of ways and I think the practical aspect that Dan was talking about I think is a big part of that and my only I wouldn't even call it a rebuttal but basically I was telling Dan this to me it's like all Star Trek like props and weaponry look like fairly fake so I just never really clued in that that would be kind of a different thing from series to series because you kind of, you know, starting from the 60s forward, there's just like, you know, a lot of the stuff just doesn't look very realistic. So I just never really paid much attention to it. You suspend your disbelief and you just kind of enjoy the sci-fi world. But uh, it's something to kind of look out for. And uh, it's really one thing that I guess Dan and I could both agree on is that, you know, the aesthetics in Enterprise and the aesthetics in the original series are very uh, um, they're very unique to those show sets. Now, that being said, uh, TNG, DS9, and Voyager, they overlap in terms of what their technology looks like is fairly similar, but there are still differences, and it's, you know, not, they don't all look the same, so it's, I think it's per, per, perfectly reasonable 
to prefer the aesthetic of one series over another, even though those 90s ones all look fairly similar. But I think it's a cool call out. And it's definitely something that any fan could pay attention to. Well, it's I think what you said, just kind of what you were saying made me kind of think that maybe it's that Enterprise. So you had TNG, DS9 and Voyager, which more or less all took place in the same time frame. So they were they used a lot of the same or very similar looking props. So they were able to kind of use models and things like that and make them look better and better, like in each series, or at least like slightly change them. And then into the Star Trek, like the next generation movies, same thing. And then maybe it's just then Enterprise comes around and they have to come up with like new stuff. So mm-hmm. then after watching like TNG and getting used to that stuff and then seeing Enterprise, maybe it just like stands out more to me in a certain way. But yeah, there's just some there's something about when I see the face pistols, I just don't like the way they look. Maybe that's just it. I think it's a cool call out for sure. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, I think it's time to move into our main topic of the week, which is Trip Tucker. So Trip Tucker... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This this might seem like a very strange tier list, but I think him and Michael Eddington from DS9 might be my top two favorite characters in Star Trek. But I think also whether if someone didn't like Trip Tucker, I still think the character has very, very interesting development. And I think he's very relatable, um, at least in some ways. So we're going to talk a little bit about the character and maybe what we like or what we don't like about him. But Dan, what what's your overall, what are your overall thoughts on Trip Tucker as a character? I love Trip. He's one of my like, without a doubt, he's one of my favorite characters in Star Trek. Like easily, like top five Star Trek characters um i've always really enjoyed him like he was he was my he's by far my favorite character on enterprise and yeah i would put him in like top top like yeah, easily top five and he might even be like top my one of my top three star trek characters he's really amusing he's a really interesting character like he has really cool development especially with what happens in like the third season there i think that was a really cool thing to do He's kind of, he is kind of that, a really like interestingly like grounded character in Star Trek, because I think that's one of the benefits of that. The nice things about Enterprise is I feel like he's relatable in some way. Like he seems like more human. Like I think that was part of the point of Enterprise. So yeah, I love Trip. He's hilarious. He's good hearted. He's, he's perfect. He's a great character. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things as well that the uh, newer tracks should have studied, did a case study on him. It's like, here's how we take somebody that exists in this utopian society that just recently like eliminated poverty and war and is looking to kind of better themselves as a people. But here's how you take a really kind of low-brow version of that humanity and incorporate them into a larger universe as, you know, Earth seats, sets out to explore the universe and form the Federation. And I think they just do it really well. And if you watch Trip from the beginning to the end, you'll see him kind of go from really being disdainful towards Vulcans 
to kind of almost being like maybe the most understanding and most open to other cultures and you know especially what he went through with his sister so i think his character arc is probably also one of the best too and i think they just placed him really really well with the criteria i just laid out like he doesn't try to pretend to be anything other than you know a country boy from florida who's an excellent excellent engineer yeah that sums up trip pretty well like i think he is that i think he's supposed to represent like the growth of humanity where you have this sort of you have this country boy and yes he's an excellent engineer but he's like this country boy from florida that you know joined starfleet to go explore and like he's very like eager to explore and encounter new cultures and learn about new species. And yes, like a lot of humans in Enterprise, they have that weird hate towards the Vulcans, and maybe rightfully so or not. But he like he overcomes that. He overcomes a lot. And he's yeah, he's by far the most he's has some of the best character development, as well as he's probably one of the most like amusing characters oh, yeah. in Star Trek as well. Just before we kind of talk a little bit more about his amusing side, I will say there's a scene in the end of uh, the third season of Enterprise where, like, he finally opens up about losing his sister and DePaul is there, like, comforting trip. And he says something like, you know, like, it's been said a few times, but, like, you Vulcans are so lucky that, like, you're able to, like, you don't have to go through this. And DePaul says something like, um it's you should that should be envied because you're able to like if because Balkans can't because their emotions yeah. would overwhelm them and i think it might be the best scene in star trek like that would be my pick for like that like 60 seconds or 90 seconds between yeah. DePaul and trip would be the best scene in all of star trek in my own opinion in terms of the moment how powerful it is and the actual acting of um jolene blaylock and uh, connor trainer I think it's just yeah. excellent. It's something to watch out for. But that being said, just in general, Trip is an absolutely amusing character as well, too. Like you said, uh, Dan, I think the time when Archer has to leave the Enterprise and he plays the captain and tries to invite like Flocks and like Reed to his like captain's mess for dinner and they don't know why they're there. And like there's a Vulcan captain trying to find Archer and Trip is just like really, really in over his head being the captain of the ship. And the one where they go to Ryza, the one where, um, you know, he has to rescue that princess and that shuttle. It's just there's so much. The one where he gets pregnant. Uh, Trip is just there's just so much with that character. And I know I've said a lot there, Dan, but any thoughts on any of that before I ask you a few questions here? Uh, Yeah, no, those are. I kind of agree with all of those. Like, yeah, he's his amusing moments. Like shuttle pod one is probably one of my favorite episodes of star Trek period. I think it's, no, like it's really not, to, not to interrupt too much, but like that might be one of the best episodes. I think a lot of people agree. <laughs> yeah. With that, but that's one of the best episodes. Yeah. It is an excellent episode. And what I, I just enjoy, I enjoy his, like, he's just full of joy and excitement and they kind of always write him in like funny situations like i just was watching the season one finale and there's that point where like dr flocks is like packing up all of his stuff and flocks is like super positive 
And Trip is just like trying to be like, oh, like this sucks. Like, and Vlock is like, oh, I'm sure there's another adventure. And then like, but like at the end, like he says something negative and he's like, oh, we're never going to do anything. And, you know, he's telling Flocks how he hates his positivity. And then like Flocks <laughs> is just like, well, I'll miss your, combat- your combative nature, Mr. Tucker. And just like super defeated, he's just like, yeah, all right, all right, doctor. Well, I'll see you around. And then just like walks off. And it's such a good, like, I really enjoyed that scene because I find, um, yeah, I find him really amusing. I find all of his episodes, ones that focus on him, just really funny. And he's just such a, he's a great character and he's a great stand in for kind of the average person and for humanity as a whole like humanity's journey into kind of being better yeah it's a uh it's a wonderful yeah he's a wonderful character i think and just a quick shout out to sim as well that episode with like the fake trip tucker who's a clone that's an excellent episode too and even though it's kind of a different character it is a great great episode as well that might be so much yeah that's probably that might be up there as one of the best like that's at least in like the top 20 best star trek episodes i would say it's it's a really very strong episode but talking of rank where would you put trip in like your list dan would you put him in your top 10 would you put him in your top five roughly where do you where do you rank trip because there's a lot of competition for a top 10 list he's at least top five he might be top three like i'm trying like for me like my favorite like growing up my favorite character was data but as i got older Worf is by far my best character like Worf's like dry one-liners are excellent <laughs> and i think also Worf's journey and character is the best like i think it's the best character development in star trek and the concept of Worf is really really cool so like Worf's my number one data still might be my number two because he was my favorite character growing up and trip might be number three for me like he might be like top three characters and i know there's going to be a lot of well it's not like we have a lot of listeners so i'm not really worried about getting (laughs) a lot of heat on that one but yeah for me i think those might be my top three like re-watching enterprise i'm re-watching enterprise now and i could even go um top top two like he might be the second best because i think it's that the fact that like if you watch his journey i think it kind of embodies star trek in a lot of ways is that journey for humanity to kind of reach where they are in like tng and voyager and stuff where they're at that kind of in the original series like i tucker is a really good bridge character for that they Kind of taking humanity from where they were before they had rep uh before they had warp technology to where they were when they where they were like in the original series is like this utopian ideal. Trip might be the like might be a good like person on that journey to show kind of how they were able how people were kind of able to develop that understanding for culture and develop that that moral compass that you see trip might kind of embody that so that might make him number two for me because like Worf's my number one because i i i like the journey that he's on where he's 
not to turn this into the Worf podcast, but Worf's like my number one character because I, I really like the journey that he's on where it's this is somebody that is trying to like reclaim their heritage over the course of the series and really discover who they are on that personal journey. And Trip kind of embodies humanity on the journey to that utopian idea from, you know, somewhat this species, you know, coming out of a world war to one that is kind of known through the galaxy as this peaceful utopian uh, group. So, yeah, I think Trip might be number two for me. Trip, uh, yeah, he's a cool character. And it'd be interesting to do kind of a more tiered list because I think it's almost like you resonate more with the characters when you're watching that series at that time. But I would say that, yeah, in terms of pure character development and arc, I don't know if you could really argue against Worf as having the best or the most of that. But I think just Trip is just a character that really is really easy to resonate with. And I think that's why you and I probably both like him so much and rank him so highly. Uh, but with that, Dan, do you have a favorite Trip Tucker moment? Oh, no. It, it's tough for me to say right now because I'm still. Like I've I, Enterprise is the show I've watched the least because I feel like I fell for the trap that it's a lot of people view it really poorly and I'm rewatching it and it's significantly better than I remember. Like, yeah, there's a lot of the bad episodes of Enterprise, in my opinion, are really bad, but the good up ep- the good episodes are excellent and the mediocre episodes are no no better or worse than any other forgettable mediocre episode of star trek so just based on season one like just shuttle pod one might is one of my favorite is my favorite episode of enterprise and one of my favorite episodes of star trek so just that when him and uh malcolm get into the bourbon is such an (laughs) excellent point in that episode oh man where they're just like they're arguing and he's like they're talking about like escaping out, like he's gotta like go up into the hole and die, and then like Malcolm like pulls the pulls the phaser on him. Yeah, uh, Ed, pretty much the entirety of Pod uh, Shuttle Pod One is my um favorite Trip Tucker moment from like it's just such a cool. It's a good episode because it starts off really serious with them realizing that Enterprise might have been destroyed. And then Tucker prioritizing, like making sure people know what happened to Enterprise and then kind of descending into like a good Star Trek comedy episode with them getting drunk on that bourbon. And yeah, (laughs) that entire episode might be my favorite Trip Tucker moment. Yeah, there's a lot of strong ones. I always love when he starts talking about like pan fried catfish and Georgia peaches and pecan, like all this southern stuff. And yeah, it's like, what are you? And DePaul is just like, what are you talking about? And it's just, but it's just so hard not to like Trip because he's just so innocent. Like he's just so, he doesn't get it. Like, but yeah, yeah, there's just so many. And you can go like with funny moments or kind of like uh, kind of more dramatic moments. And I think I called out my favorite acting moment in that season three uh, Zindi one later on where he opens up about his sister. But yeah, it's hard not to, you know, think of Trip getting pregnant or, just be in trip or whatever. I think another one that really is a great call, I think is a great, you know, never mentioned Star Trek moment as well, which involves trip. And I think it's really cool because, you know, back at this time, um, you know, Star Trek was never meant to be like, it just didn't have flashy action space 
yeah like a lot of that like it was just never really what it was about but i uh, one of my favorite scenes of that is when um trip has to basically go between the columbia i think it is and enterprise at oh, yeah. to stop the enterprise from one and he has I, I just think that's an overall very very cool scene and it just shows a lot of trips leadership and like he gets there and he basically does something like a cold start with the i just think that whole like five or ten minutes they're doing that is just really cool and i think it's a kind of underappreciated action sci-fi moment in star trek but uh um that one always resonated with me too but uh, Dan, to finish off on trip here, if they, and spoilers, everyone, if they didn't kill him off in the finale and basically he had more of an expanded lore, what do you think his path would have been? Do you think he would have been like a Starfleet Academy like instructor? Do you think he would have been a captain himself? Do you think he would have just stayed on as an engineer until he was ready to retire? Maybe a, you know, maybe a uh, diplomat to like Vulcan or something like what, where do you think his character oh. in like would have gone just in just off the top of your head the diplomat to vulcan i would have never considered until you said it maybe that i think probably i don't see trip ever desiring the captain's chair like i don't know if that's something he would have ever wanted like that didn't um that didn't seem like the kind of person he was i could see him going to starfleet and becoming a becoming like an instructor I feel like that's where I feel like that's where he would have went like thinking about his character. There's something that feels right about that. And also like, oh man, I was so mad when he died. I was so mad. I thought that was the stupidest. That was one of the worst things they did on Enterprise. Not because they killed T T Tucker because he's my favorite character. It just felt like such a throwaway death where it was like I feel like it was just like at that weird point in time in like the 2000s where on i feel like on a lot of shows like characters got killed off you had it was the thing with i think lost was airing at the in around the same yeah. time and lost was yeah. like lost had no qualms about killing off characters so then like other series started doing that and i think it was didn't, like didn't 24 kill off their main guy too like three or four seasons in yeah, That's but I think he came, or something. But, yeah, yeah, I think he came back or something. But it's I think it was one of those things where it was like everybody was killing everybody killed characters off. Like that was something that lost kind of established. So I think it was like, oh, we haven't killed somebody, so we have to do it. So it's like they just like drew names out of a hat of which character they're gonna kill in the final episode, and it was trip yeah. who they who they who they chose. It just like it just felt like such a meaningless and pointless thing to happen, and I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter about it, and I think it's just a product. It's just a product of the time where, like I said, like Lost, like you didn't really see characters get killed off on shows as much, unless like the actor that particular actor wanted to leave like Denise Crosby and Tasha Yar, right? Mm -hmm. So I think with Trip, it was just like one of those things where at the time, because of the effect Lost had has had on had on television at the time where it was, oh, we got to kill all of these characters. We get you have to kill characters on your show. And since Enterprise didn't do it, they killed Tucker and I'm so bitter about it. But yeah, I'm going with I'm going with him being an instructor at the Academy. Yeah, I was going to say, and I know like in the finale, they kind of jump forward 20 years or whatever, but I like to imagine that basically him and DePaul get married and move to 
Falcon. Like that's what I yeah. like to imagine them. Yeah. Those two characters doing <laughs> and basically just doing their thing and having well, having a good life. But well, uh, I was also thinking that it's been a decade. So it was a decade. So it's I think the when the, the series finale took place in like twenty one sixty one or something. But like everyone still held the same rank. And I was thinking about poor like Travis and like <laughs> yeah. Hoshi, where it's like the new Harry Kim, on, right? <laughs> yeah. And like a Harry Kim where it's like you're on the most famous ship in Starfleet at the time that's probably done more than anyone. And you're still like and you've been on that ship for a decade. And you haven't moved up in rank whatsoever. And I guess maybe that's the the necessities of being on a small starship or something like that. But yeah, you couldn't have moved them to like Lieutenant Junior Grade or something like that. <laughs> like it just, yeah, I, I was thinking that the other night that I felt I was feeling for Hoshi and uh, Mayweather yeah. that they spent all that time on Enterprise and still ended up by the time they're leaving still as ensigns. Well, maybe they just weren't very good. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> That's it. All right, Dan, in closing here, would you give Trip Tucker a stylish new haircut or would you throw him to a full cut? Oh, stylish new head. Trip already has stylish hair, so he can keep that. He can he can keep that fly do that he has. Yeah, I'm going to give him a fresh cut too again. I think he's both one of our favorite characters. And uh, just overall, I think he's just a good actor, strong character, strong writing. And uh, yeah, he's a very integral part of a, a great underappreciated Star Trek, underappreciated television show, in my own opinion. Um, Dan, any final thoughts on anything we talked about before before we call it? No, no, I think I think we I think I ranted sufficiently about several Star Trek topics and inserted a few things like Worf and Ensign Mayweather's rank there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to do a little send off here and then give you a moment to redeem yourself and give you the final uh, word. But feel, right. free to, uh, feel free to reach out to us at Mott's Barbershop Podcast at gmail.com. Catch us on Spotify and a few other ones, which Dan will talk about here in a second. But uh, we'll catch you on the next one. And Dan, take it away. So, yes, yeah, so you can catch us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, so most of the places you can get podcasts and engage.